you guys are here. Hopefully this has been good for y'all um, spiritually and also hope, hopefully y'all connected with one or two other folks um, over the six weeks. So what we said is the beginning, what we're going for is a more focused and integrated life. So if you're a juggler, what you're really looking for is focus or alignment. You wear a lot of different hats, and what you want is um, all of those different roles, those balls you have in there, whatever. You want all of those things kind of lined up behind Jesus. You're not just doing a lot of things, but in all of those things you're doing, you're taking the posture of a disciple. That's what we talked about last week. It's not a personality thing, Martha Mary. It's a posture thing, Martha Mary. And that's what we want, that posture of Mary. For some of us, we're segmenters. I fall into that category. The issue is not hats, it's masks. We're not fully who we are in every area of our life. And what we wanted to do was take those masks off to be fully integrated, break down the barriers that keep Jesus out of certain aspects of our life. And obviously that begins in your heart. If you haven't given Jesus every area of your heart, that's going to manifest itself in your life. And so you've got to begin there, breaking down whatever walls there are in your heart any areas that you're keeping him out of, because that will, again, affect your life. Out, What we do out here always comes from inside. And so if we're not integrated in our hearts, then we won't be integrated in our life. So the shorthand we said is we want to follow Jesus through every aspect or every area of our life. We want to follow him throughout our lives. And so the question for me, just as we leave, is how do you follow an invisible man? Because that that's what he is for us. He's not here physically we can't see him the invitation and the call is the same as it was to the 12 disciples follow me but the circumstances are radically different we can't see him he's not eating with us and sleeping with us and walking around and we can see him and follow him around and so it's how do you follow somebody you can't see you've all played follow the leader you can't play it very well blindfolded it's it's a difficult thing to do and so that's kind of what i want us to focus on tonight what does that look like to follow an invisible man. Galatians 5.25 says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, or you could say let us follow the Spirit, or let us exhibit the control of the Spirit in our lives. And uh, that's kind of the, we're going to focus on that verse, and hopefully that'll help us figure out what it means to follow an invisible man. There's, we don't have time uh, to do a full uh, presentation on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to kind of skip ahead, just real briefly, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in terms of character and attributes, exactly the same as Father and Son. One God, three persons. So their character, their attributes are exactly the same. The things you say about the Father, you say about the Son, you say about the Spirit. But their roles are different. The Father sent the Son. That's John 3.16. The Father sent the Son to be um, a Savior for us. The Father and Son both send the Spirit. This might not be super helpful, but if it does help you, You can think of the Father and Son in heaven, wherever heaven is for you. And the Holy Spirit is God here on the earth. Everything that God does here on the earth now, he does by his Spirit through his people. We are the vehicles, and the Holy Spirit is the agent or the empowerer. He's the gas in the car, and we are the car, if you like that picture. So that's who the Holy Spirit is. And what he does is just a, a quick list of some things scripturally. If you want this, we're not going to keep it up here for long. You can, I'll, I'll email it to you, but that it's everything. <laughs> everything that God does in us and through us, he does by 
the Holy Spirit. And depending on what your church background is, the Holy Spirit usually is a pretty neglected member of the Trinity. Some of that's because in the old translations of the Bible, he's called the Holy Ghost, and so we think of Casper or something like that. The force you might be thinking of, like in Star Wars, this impersonal force, not a, not a person. It's hard to put our, it's hard to kind of wrap our minds around the Holy Spirit. You might have grown up in a church where the Holy Spirit was, was uh, just denied for lack of of a better word and what that actually does is it cuts us off from what God wants to do in our life so there's two dimensions to the activity of the spirit in our life the first is we receive the Holy Spirit at conversion everybody does if you've made a decision to follow Jesus then the Holy Spirit lives within you this is Ephesians 1 13 and 14 you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation having believed you were marked in him with the seal the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So if you believed in Jesus, then the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you. You know, we always talk about inviting Jesus into our heart. It's the Holy Spirit who, who fills our hearts when we become Christians. Jesus is, sitting, is sitting, sitting at the right hand of the Father. So again, it's the Holy Spirit who lives within you. If you're a Christian, that is true of you. We all receive him at conversion. Um, another way of looking at what he does, if we're all bent with a uh, grocery carts. Y'all have all been in the grocery store. So you've all tried to push a cart with a crooked or bent axle. Very difficult to keep it in the aisle. You can do it, but it re- you've got to focus. If you let go, it's going to shift to the left or the right, and it's going to run into the aisle. We're all born that way. We're all born bent towards ourselves. And by willpower and grit, we can kind of keep ourselves in the row. But if we let up for any period of time, we're going to drift to the left or the right. We're going to wind up running into the aisle. What the Holy Spirit does when he comes into our lives is he straightens the axle. And he allows us to move, to, to live straight, to live in the, stay in between the beacons. That's what he, we still have to make all of those choices. He just makes it, he, he enables us to make those choices. They're, they're easier for us. It's easier to choose for Jesus than it would be before when, you're, when your axle is bent or your will is bent in towards yourself. So all of us, again, receive the Holy Spirit, and he does that initial work in us. He straightens your will out. He makes you a new creation, all of those type of things. He does that. John twenty twenty two, Jesus says this as he's leaving the disciples. He breathes on them, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's the first dimension of his work that everyone who's a follower of Jesus participates in. The second dimension is being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is Acts, uh, Ephesians excuse me, 5.18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.4 says, all of them, those are the disciples who Jesus had breathed on, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So there's two, again, there's two dimensions. There's this receiving that when Jesus breathed on, this, on the disciples, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then there's this filling that happens 50 days later at Pentecost. They're two separate experiences. They're two separate encounters. They're two separate dimensions of the Holy Spirit's work. And the same thing is true for us. There's two dimensions of his work. There's this initial receiving when we become Christians, and then there's an ongoing filling. The issue for most of us is that we stay in the receiving stage, and we never move on to the filling. Or maybe it was a prayer that you prayed 12 years ago, God, fill me with your spirit. And it's not something that you do on a regular basis. Ephesians 5.18 is a present tense. And in Greek, 
Present tense means you keep on doing it. It's continual action. So a better understanding of that instead of be filled with the Spirit is be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a, a regular occurrence. should be, I would say, a daily occurrence for us is asking God to fill us with His Spirit. And again, most of us, there's a gap there. We receive, but we don't live in the fullness of what God has for us. There's, we, we don't regularly, intentionally say, fill me with your spirit. And for some of us, this whole thing, I just read that and glossed over that tongues, and that's kind of the boogeyman, and what does that look like, and what does that mean, and you can talk about that around your table. It's nothing to be overly concerned about one way or the other. It's one of probably 31 gifts in the New Testament that are listed. Some people speak in tongues, and some people don't, and it doesn't matter either way. What matters is, are you being filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes or no? And if you being filled with the Holy Spirit results in you speaking in tongues, then take off. If it doesn't, that's great too. There are other gifts that are, there's 30 other gifts that are available for you. And so we don't get hung up on that one way or the other, but I know for some, that's kind of this, again, some of you may have been raised in churches where you were taught that was from the devil or nobody does that anymore, only for crazy people or something like that. Not, that's a difficult scriptural case to make. I'll just say it's in, Without getting in too much detail, tongues is part of this whole group of gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12. And to arbitrarily pull it out and say it doesn't apply anymore, it's just, you can't do that. Either, they are, either they're all there or none of them are there. And nobody's willing to say none of them are there. So don't let that hang you up one way or the other. The issue for each of us is moving from John 20, 22, receiving to Acts 2, 4, being filled. And then beyond that to Ephesians 5, 15 of continually being filled whatever that looks like. So, Galatians 5.25, since we've, it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It could just as easily say, since we've received the Spirit, since the Spirit's who's brought us life, let us continually be filled with the Spirit. Let us continue in His power. Galatians 3.3, Paul's criticizing them. He says, are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? So after receiving the Spirit initially, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? And that's, again, where many of us live. We're born again. We're brought into a relationship with Jesus by the Holy Spirit. But then we just kind of take it on our own and say, well, I'm just going to kind of make this thing happen by my own willpower, by discipline, by making good choices. And we totally leave out the Holy Spirit. We cut off our energy source, if you like that picture. Maybe another picture, plumbing. When you become a Christian, you, can, you, you get new plumbing in your heart that attaches you, that connects you to heaven. And the Holy Spirit is the water that God wants to pour into your life. John 3.34 says he gives the Holy Spirit without limit. So that's a picture of him pouring his spirit out. And, and we, want, we, want to not, we want to turn the faucet on so that the Holy Spirit can come into our life on a regular basis. You don't just do it one time. It's a, a regular turning of the faucet. So how do we do this? How do we move to a place of, a, of Ephesians 5.18 where we're regularly being filled? First thing, simple, is you ask. Just like with everything with God, you ask. Luke 11.13, if you then know you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Asking is turning on the faucet and that plumbing picture. And it's something that you want to do regularly and just, it's simple. You don't have to work yourself up. You don't have to fast for three weeks. You don't have to... You just ask like you ask for everything else from him. He wants to give the Holy Spirit to us because he knows it's only by the Holy Spirit that we can obey him and that we can accomplish anything for him in this life. 
Second thing is you want to expect. You want to expect him to fill you. You want to expect results. And the results tend to fall into one of two categories, and you'll have both. One is power, and the other is holiness. When you see in Acts 2, if you go back and read the story of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit's first poured out on these 12 disciples, the result, there's a picture, there's, it says there's a strong wind that blows, and that's kind of this picture of power, and there are tongues of fire that rest on their head. That's a picture of holiness, and both of those things are going on. Power, that's the ministry of Jesus, and fire, that's the character, the holiness, that's the character of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit produces, excuse me, produces both of those things in us. Power, those are the gifts. There's four separate places in the New Testament where you can read about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's not definitions for any of them. So any definition you read, you're going to see some in a little bit. That's just what people have tried to piece together. There aren't definitions in the New Testament. It's just a kind of this random assortment of lists that Peter and Paul put together. But the picture is very clear. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. First Corinthians 12 says this. Let me find it. Seven. Mm, yes. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then he lists a bunch of gifts, and in verse 11, he says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So if you're a Christian, there are spiritual gifts that the Lord wants to give you, the Holy Spirit wants to give you, and again, you can look at the list of those um, in your small group and kind of see if you've ever had experience with those, and I would say if there's one that you want, you can ask for it. You may or may not get it, but if you think it'd be great to have the gift of healing, then ask. And that looks different ways for different people, but ask for it. And God, again, will either say yes or he'll say no. But you need to ask for them and seek those gifts. You want to expect that result. So the gifts help you do ministry. They're not for us to have spiritual, you know, brownie points. It's so we can help other people. They're gifts that are given to us for the sake of others. That's what makes you effective in ministry. And the, the word for ministry is just service. It makes you effective in service, these gifts. They're not talents. They're not natural abilities. They're gifts given to you by God that allow you to do things beyond your natural abilities and strengths. Good? So the second is the fruit, and you've heard about these a lot. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are in Galatians 5. The Holy Spirit cultivates. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. He's the one that cultivates that stuff in our hearts that makes us look more like Jesus. So kind of in our Stonebridge world, we talk about Ephesians 2.10, doing the good works. That's power. That's gifts. And we talk about being conformed to the image of Jesus, Romans 8.29. That's character and holiness. We want to hold both of those things together. If you have character without power, that's great, but you're not going to help anybody else. If you have power without character, that's not great because you're going you're to wreck people. You want to hold both of those things together just like Jesus did, and you want to expect growth in both of those areas. So you ask, you expect, and then the next thing you do, the last thing is you act. You act as if these things are given to you. So what that really looks like, Acts 1.8 says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. The reason the, the Holy Spirit is given to us is so we can accomplish God's purposes on the earth. Again, he works by the Holy Spirit, but through his people. Almost everything God does now he does through the church with a capital C. I mean, through an organization, through his people. That's just for whatever reason, that's the way he has set things up. You rarely, you don't even see it that much in the Bible, but you see it even less frequently now 
where you see God working independent of people. Kind of the whole throwing lightning bolts from heaven. You don't see that type of stuff very much. It's almost always through his people. If he's going to work through us, he works by his spirit. His spirit is who enables us to do the things that he's called us to do. And so we want to act. We want to step out in faith, trusting God is going to give us the gifts that we need to be effective in ministry, and he's going to be changing my character to make me more like Jesus. Both of those things, again, growth in both of those areas. I will say this about gifts. I don't want to get hung up too much on that. I don't think it's a you have one and that's it type of a deal. To me, the gifts are kind of like a toolbox, and whatever you need at any particular moment, you can have. If you're praying for someone who's sick, well, then you the gift of healing is appropriate, and I think it's fine for you to do that, even if you say, well, that's not my gift. That's what the person needs, and it's fully appropriate for you to pray for that. So anyway, I want you to get hung up on kind of what's my one gift, and that's the one thing that I have. I think they're all available for all of us. So if the question is, how do you follow an invisible man, the answer is you don't have to. The invisible man has put his spirit within you who acts as a helper. He's not, a, not just a compass that points you in the right direction. He's more than that. He points you in the right direction and he enables you to actually follow. It's, it's both of those things. Again, it's not, the, the Holy Spirit, again, it's not, he's not just a map that helps you know the way to go. He actually helps you walk. He strengthens you so that you can and I can follow Jesus. And so we're not trying to find an invisible man out here somewhere. That invisible man, again, has given us his own spirit to enable us to follow him. And so as you walk in the Spirit, you are following Jesus. They're the same thing. Those are synonyms. Follow me, what Jesus said, is the same thing as walk in the Spirit. If you're doing one, you're doing the other. And the way to do one is to do the other. So ask, expect, act. And that's going to, you will be following him regardless of what hat you're wearing, regardless of what role you're in, regardless of where you are, in terms of your lifestyle. Character, that's holiness. Ministry slash lifestyle, power, both of those things are available. You want to receive and you want to continually be filled. So there's, there's going to be, there's a lot of questions. I moved pretty quick. There's a lot of things for y'all to talk about. If y'all have any questions about this, raise your hand. Kim will come and answer any questions that y'all might. Well, if there's anything that y'all want to know or ask, by all means, we're not, we'll, we'll do our best to answer any of those things. And also make sure that y'all probably leave probably 10 or 15 minutes to pray with one another at the end. Good? All right. You have the questions? Let me pray, and then you guys can talk. Lord, thanks um, for these guys, and again, for their willingness to come and participate and share. And, And God, my prayer very simply is that you would do what you say you love to do, which is pour out your spirit on your people. For any who... I've never been filled with your Holy Spirit. I pray tonight would be the first time for them, and it would be wonderful. And for any who are dry, because it's been a long time, that you would refresh and renew them. God, if there are gifts that you want to give to us, we want to receive those, Every, whatever that is. God, we don't want to be afraid of any gift. You say that you give good gifts, so that means they're all good. And Lord, I pray that we would receive whatever those gifts are. God, if it's tongues, it's tongues. If it's healing or words of knowledge or prophecy or mercy, whatever it is, God, we want to receive all of the gifts that you want to give to us. And absolutely, Lord, we want you to continue to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We want to be more like Jesus. So I pray tonight,
would not, it would be a good discussion. It would also be some good time of ministering to one another and you doing work that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.